Blog Talk Radio. Uh, of this era, uh, you know, if, if you can dare compare it. 
uh, and John Cena. Uh, it, was, it was a good program, very entertaining. Um, it just uh, entertaining and awesome. Any any adjective you want to use uh, doesn't quite live up to the justice, but obviously uh, definitely what WWE needs uh, right now. You know, that's definitely true. It was an electrifying promo, as it were. And I have to admit, as a lifelong wrestling fan, watching that promo, I just, I was on the edge of my seat listening to The Rock. Because like I said, you called it, you're about the only person I read that did call it, but I I didn't think the WWE was going to give that to us. But, you know, piggybacking off that whole thing, last night, John Cena cut, which is, in my opinion, probably his best promo ever. That whole little rap coming back, doing the Cena thing that made him popular in the first place, it was it was amazing because uh, I'm not the biggest Cena fan out there, but, man, he really brought it to the Rock last night. Any thoughts on that? I agree with you, and it's exactly what people want to see. Uh, you know, when you, when you think about – I think what you know, people have talked about Rock Cena uh, in the past, uh, obviously because, you know, the two you know the two marquee names and, you know, Austin sometimes gets tossed in there, but Austin, you know, Due to physical limitations, you know he's not going to. You know, we'll we'll probably never see him wrestle a match again. So the Rock scene always gets thrown in there in that possible dream match that's still, you know, that still is a that's still there. Uh, but I don't really think it's so much a match and to see. I don't really think it's a dream match in the way of okay, we want to see uh, them bell to bell because I don't think that would be. It's not like it's going to be the greatest match ever in terms of uh, in terms of you know in terms of wrestling, you know, anything in that capacity. What you, what you want to see or what you want to hear, rather, is the verbal battles, is everything else that builds to that. Um, and that alone pops the crowd, uh, you know, and, and, that, and that's what people want to see. So I think Cena basically responding with the, with the battle rap, it was very crucial that his first response be something very strong. Otherwise, it would have definitely killed a lot of, a lot of the momentum. It was a very strong response. Uh, the rap was entertaining. It was hilarious, a little bit edgy. Uh, you know, it. I think it's a little dangerous because you're trying to. I think it's a little dangerous because you know it, you're trying to sell him as you know your baby face going up against the Miz, but then you're having him you know trying to take shots at the Rock and some and some people that normally would be booing Cena started cheering him. I, I think it's a little dangerous because you're starting to get dicey and mix up your uh, your audience here. But you know, again, maybe that's just the shot in the arm that WrestleMania needs, and it adds a. And adds a unique element uh, than what we normally see in a typical Cena main event match. So, hey Justin, this is JB. What, what about what do you think about the fact that, like you said, that they're playing Cena off to be a heel in one aspect and then a face in one, you know, another way? What do you think of a potential maybe double turn at WrestleMania, uh, since you know the Miz is popular? Uh, do you see any chance of that happening? Absolutely not. Uh, the Miz is way too good as a heel. He is. Uh, the, the, Miz, the Miz has no business being a face uh, anywhere in the near future. You know, he's a great heel. That's what he needs to be. Um, I, a double turn, I, I don't see. I mean, I, I can see, obviously, naturally, I, I think The Rock will be, as I've said a couple times now on the record, will be the special ref for that match. Um, so there's going to be some natural uh, resistance against Cena. Um, actually, against probably both guys, Cena and Miz, just because The Rock's uh, so strongly loved, uh, but I, I no way I see a double turn, uh, or at least or at least it would it would not be wise, and I and I don't think WWE's that stupid to rush the Miz, who has worked so hard in the last eighteen months to get to being uh, where he is now, which is one of the top heels, if not the top heel. Uh, that would be a way 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 you know w- way too soon for him to even think about going uh, going face. 
Right. I mean, then at this point, do you see Rock Cena at any point in terms of a one-on-one match? And when do you, I mean, when would you predict uh, that these two go at it if they do go at it? Well, that's an interesting question. You know, I, I pose somewhere in there that, you know, if I, my, my, my thought is, that, you know, I would say, you know, get the pay all, you know, get spread it out. You know, you're already going to have people tuning into WrestleMania because it is WrestleMania because the rock is going to be on pay-per-view for the first time, albeit just as a guest host and or a referee. You know, my thought was they're back in Los Angeles for SummerSlam. SummerSlam obviously always supposed to be the second biggest pay-per-view, and, you know, in recent years it really hasn't been, you know, a mega SummerSlam like there used to be. They, you know, they really haven't done as much building to it as they used to. Um, I think a lot of that just comes because there's so many damn pay-per-views now. But, uh, you know, my thought would be, you know, if you wanted to try to maybe extend it into the summer, uh, but I doubt that's going to happen. If they ever do fight, I could see maybe them trying to revisit it again next year at WrestleMania. Um, but I don't even know if we ever will see it. I, I really don't. I, I really don't know if we ever will see the Rock fighting. And I, I think and I think it comes down to simply um, – there's a lot of risk with that. Not only, I mean, you know, injury is a small risk. You know, the guy, you know they, he's a professional. He knows how to protect himself, and it's not like you know a little minor injury is going to end his end his movie career or anything. But there's a lot of risk in terms of getting back in and doing that in terms of his image. He's a guy who spent the last seven years working on his image and getting himself to being, you know, to being, I don't want to say elite, but a very well respected guy in Hollywood in terms of making a variety of movies. I, you know, I think this, I think the guest host thing, being that there's been so many celebrities that have done the guest host in the last year with WWE. Him doing the guest host thing still keeps him at his Hollywood respected celebrity status uh, that he wants to be at. But I think if he drops down, and I don't mean this derogatory to obviously we're all wrestling fans here, but it, it, you know, it, it, in terms of mainstream celebrities, if he drops down to the level of being a wrestler again and fighting a match and doing that fake stuff, quote unquote, uh, I don't think that's exactly what he wants. Um, I don't think that's what he wants for his image, and he doesn't need to do it. You know, he's, he's making plenty of money in Hollywood, so. Maybe next year's WrestleMania, long shot, uh, but I really don't think we ever will see it. I think that we'll see this this heat between he, he Cena, and Miz all the way up to Mania, and somehow they'll put closure to it at Mania. Probably, you know, probably The Rock counting the one, two, three, and helping Cena win. Okay, so uh, you know, I was telling JB last night we, we were talking about this last week, um, the day after the Tuesday, uh, you know, right after The Rock came out. And he was asking me, what do you think the whole purpose of The Rock coming back is? Obviously, he doesn't need to wrestle at WrestleMania because now there's such a huge buzz around it. And, you know, I dare say that the road to WrestleMania is always the most exciting time of the year as a wrestling fan. But this year, it just has an extra special, you know, electricity to it, pun intended, with The Rock, with Cena coming back. Now with the whole, uh, and we'll get into this in a minute, with Triple H and The Undertaker. I wasn't too confident WrestleMania was looking good about a month ago. Now it's looking amazing. Um, Basically... The whole thing I'm, I'm getting at here is, in your opinion, Rock is just here, you know, just to come back, pop the crowd, that's it, and go away. What exactly did he mean when he said, or, you know, again, your own take on it, I'm not going away and I'm back home? Well, I think what he meant when he said that was, uh, I, I think we'll, I think maybe we'll see kind of him in more of a typical role that we've seen maybe Stone Cold in the last couple of years. Obviously not a part of the the weekly show, um, not fighting you know a match or, or being involved in a, in a feud consistently, but you know still there to do things like you know like a t- you know like like shows do special appearances um, you know maybe come back for a night you know if they're having uh, you know some special attraction for a big raw or a big pay per view you know like Austin does uh, every so often so I think that's more what he left meant you know for these people that read yeah, these people that really took it to a whole level of 
and I mean, I, I got emails and tweets from everybody the same thing last Tuesday. Uh, you know, oh, he's back for you know, and they were mapping out who he's going to fight in April and who he's going to fight in May. And you know, just like I wrote in the editorial in WrestleZone, I'm like, you know, he's not going to be main eventing your May pay per view. So if you're wherever the May pay per view is taking place, I don't buy your tickets. Uh, I'm expecting to see. Uh, the Rock come out and fight the match. I mean, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, he'll be involved heavily to WrestleMania, and then after that, you know, I could see him, you know, basically doing kind of the typical um, Legends contract type uh, type of schedule. You know, where he'll do whatever appearances and help be a spokesperson and publicity for the WWE. Uh, so he won't be a ghost for seven years like he's been, uh, but you know, nothing more than that. Okay, um, so. Going back to the whole actual main event of WrestleMania, right now it's seen him as most likely The Rock is going to be the special guest referee. I can't imagine it turning out any other way. But do you think this helps the actual... And I don't mean, you know, seen him as The Rock is a guest referee. People are going to tune in just for that. I'm sure the WrestleMania buys are going to be up this year. It's going to be great. Vince is going to love it. He's going to be, you know, rolling in the dough, as it were. But do you think this hurts or helps... The Cena Miz aspect of it, you know, if I'm if I'm making myself clear enough, just those two competitors in the ring, the actual match, does The Rock help or hurt what they're going to be putting on at WrestleMania? Uh, yeah, David, that's a really good question, um, and I think I think that I think that's going to be completely split. Uh, I don't think there's any one correct answer to that. In my personal opinion, I think it. I think I think the more eyes that are on, I mean, I'm, you know, I have like, I guess maybe you can say an old school mentality, I guess, but which is just, you know, the more eyes on you, the better. Uh, and there's going to be more eyes on the Miz and Cena, not only the match bell to bell when WrestleMania comes, but all the publicity, all the billboards, all the press that they do uh, as WrestleMania gets closer. I think it's good. You know, the Miz, obviously, very marketable guy, and has been all over the, all over the, you know, the tour in terms of, you know, late night you know, shows and appearances, uh, and, you know, everybody knows yeah, yeah. him from MTV. John Cena already very well known. So I think it's great for them, and I think it's also great from the wrestling aspect because, you know, we have seen Miz and Cena cross paths and do feuds in the past before, you know, obviously not to this level of the Miz being the champion and it being WrestleMania, but, you know, obviously when the Miz really changes attitude, changes ring gear, changes the entire persona uh, back in, you know, I think it was June of 2009, uh, Cena was his first kind of, uh, you know, little mini feud. He called out Cena for, what, you know, seven or eight weeks in a row, and then they had finally had a match and it was a good match and they continue to bump into each other so they they've kind of hashed this before they kind of you know they, they've ran each, into each other before and that's always the you know sometimes people complain about that yet the we, the main event scene is always repetitive it's always Orton it's always Cena it's always Orton it's yeah, always Cena yeah. you know now it's Miz so bringing the Rock into it I think is a new element it brings new eyes uh, brings more eyes new eyes uh, and it just adds a different flavor having the referee who is the Rock having a problem with both the challenger and the champion. I don't think it's a bad thing, but again, there's going to be many people that are going to disagree with me. So, okay, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I mean, I like the Miz. I just hope that this doesn't marginalize him in terms of people are, are tuning in. It's going to be they're, they're expecting Cena Rock, you know, World War Three, but instead they're going to get Cena Miz. And you know, the Miz is up and coming. He's WWE champ. Obviously, he's at the main event level. Hopefully, he'll stay there once he loses the belt. But uh, I'm just hoping this doesn't turn into a. Uh, and I guess with the Cena Rock interaction, it adds a new wrinkle to it. I just hope it doesn't David, turn me, into Goldberg. Sorry. Let me, let me, let me, sorry to cut you off, but let me just pose. You, you, you're right. There's a risk of marginalizing the Miz, but there's a good potential that this could add a great. This, I mean, this could be the next great liftoff for the Miz in terms of heat. You just imagine if they do want to keep it. You know, if they don't want to put closure to Rock Cena, if they want to leave something out in the open for people to guess. 
imagine if there if there does come some physical altercation or some bump in or whatever it comes to in the big finish for that match, and Cena's distracted by The Rock or what have you, basically has his back to Miz, and Miz comes in with the finish, you know, skull crushing finale or however they do the finish, and gets the one, two, three via The Rock County. And that's a great, you know, the Miz kind of sliding in there and ruining the moment that could have been, you know, Rock and Cena throwing down. That could be a great bit of heat for the Miz. Uh, so that that could work in his favor. That's true. I, I just, I guess, I'm just hoping that this doesn't turn into a, uh, you know, WrestleMania 20, Lesnar Goldberg, where Austin, you know, people were booing the crap out of everybody, and right. they just wanted to see Austin stun everybody, you know. Right. No, I mean, there's definitely the risk is definitely there. It's a valid, it's a valid point. Now, Justin, the other big angle, obviously, was this whole. 221.11 promo, and, you know, it became obvious as weeks and weeks went on it, it wasn't going to be Sting like I had hoped, uh, obviously, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I wanted to see a Taker-Sting match, but uh, it ended up being Undertaker, and then you have Triple H interf- uh, basically interrupting his whole, you know, the climax of this whole angle of him coming out to the ring. Uh, what did you think of that? all that? Uh, well, I thought it was done well. Um, you know, as I, you know, I reported on WrestleZone, uh, like about a week and a half ago, that, that was how it was going to be those two, and, uh, which was a shock because a lot of people were expecting Undertaker or Wade Barrett or, um, something else, you know, not, 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 not Triple H, uh, Taker. Uh, you know, most people were expecting Triple H to go after Sheamus. Um, so I was obviously expecting that, the, the, you know, those two to, to cross paths. Uh, and I, and I think, um, I think it was done, I think it was done extremely well. Um, they got they got Taker into the ring just after he takes the hat off, and you know the crowd pops when he takes the hat off. Uh, you know the game comes out and it was perfect. Uh, it was, you know, the perfect timing of that. Um, the body language, I think the fact that they did not speak at all was was great. Uh, uh, you know, again, seeing mixed reviews uh, from the feedback I've gotten so far. There's a lot of mixed reviews to that. People some liking it, some not liking the fact they didn't speak. I think it was tremendous. The fact that they were able just to look up at the WrestleMania sign and look at each other. You know, Taker. You know. Gives them a gives them a gesture of uh you know of, you know of your of your finish and of course Triple H giving the cross chop I think it was totally the best way to do it and, and it couldn't have been done any differently in terms of trying to inject Triple H into this uh, for people that are surprised that Triple H you know came right out right on two twenty one I don't see how else you could do it I mean what do you if he doesn't come out then Taker comes out and says the same old thing you know I'm back you know nobody can you know no grave can hold me down or you know he gives us the same old kind of Taker I'm back spiel and then what then then how do we get him back on TV you know what does he show up on Raw the next week and fight you know some random match and then Triple H comes out or you know it made the most sense with this big epic return to be you know promoted for three or four weeks Taker comes out and just before he's getting ready to have his you know shining moment in front of all the fans in the ring you know, Triple H comes out and basically just lays the challenge out. I think it was uh, excellent, well done, very excited to, to watch the build up, and uh, you know, should be a great match. Now, do you think that they're going to do? Um, they're going to continue the storyline from last year with uh, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Do you think uh, Triple H is going to put his career on the line versus the streak? Absolutely, I'm almost uh, nine. I'm almost 100 positive it will be career versus streak from uh, what I've from what I've learned. Um, uh, it will be a career for a streak, and I don't know the finish. I can't say for sure that I know the finish, but I would, you know, I, I would have to. I would, I would, if I was, if, if I'm betting on it, I would bet that you know Triple H uh, hangs it up. Uh, and, and, and in terms of HBK involvement, uh, I, I don't know. I, some people have said maybe he's a referee or something like that. I don't think that would be the case, but I, I can definitely see. 
uh, Sean being involved, maybe in some of the build-up, you know, appearing on a, on a Monday Night Raw or two leading up to Mania, maybe trying to talk Triple H out of it, basically saying, look, you know, I put my career up on the line, don't make the same mistake, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. Um, so I'm sure that will bring some involvement uh, from, from HBK. Uh, but, yeah, career versus streak without a doubt. Yeah, the only thing I want to mention about that was it wasn't that Shawn Michaels would come back and, and try to talk Triple H out of it, but do you remember – uh, when uh, when Shawn Michaels retired last year on Monday Night Raw or this past year, um, he he was about to tell Triple H something, and then Sheamus came out and interfered. Do you think they'll just pick up the storyline from right there? I'm saying. Uh, they they might. That that could be that could be uh that could be the way they do it. Uh, that that would be anybody's guess. That would certainly uh certainly make sense and would kind of you know kind of finish finish <laughs> finish the story so to speak. Um. Yeah, that could be one way to do it. I'm sure, you know, like I said, I think if it's career versus streak, and obviously everybody knows Triple H and Sean's relationship, I think obviously it's just academic that Sean will be involved in some capacity. Um, at the very least, the night before WrestleMania, when he goes into the Hall of Fame, I would have to believe um, it would be Triple H inducting him. So, uh, you know, that's you know that's another play play off of it of Triple H inducting right. him, and the next night right, Triple right. H uh, probably retiring. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think it'd be a shame if Triple H retires only because he's one of the few legit main event performers. I mean, I got sick of seeing him at every WrestleMania main eventing, but now I'm pretty much sick of Cena main eventing. And I was counting today. I went so far as to do a little research. Seven straight WrestleManias for the world title or the world heavyweight championship. But, folks, you are listening to Pure Gold. We have with us the one and only Justin Labar from WrestleZone.com. And, Justin, we actually have a caller we have Joe from Olney, Illinois, who would like to speak to you about WrestleMania. Joe, you are live and on the air with Pure Gold and Justin LaVar. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Uh, my question is, uh, do you think John Morrison is going to win the title at WrestleMania in the Money in the Bank match? Uh, so you, so he's going to win the. Uh, you think he's going to win the Money in the Bank and then cash in for the title? I don't know if he's going to cash it in, but I have a feeling that he's going to win it. I mean, especially since the TV time that he's had and, you know, the whole Royal Rumble thing and the uh, 15-man battle royal and uh, Raw, I think he's destined to win the champion, or to win the Money in the Bank match. Uh, I think him winning the Money in the Bank match is definitely, he would definitely, if I had to pick right now, not even knowing who would be in the Money in the Bank match, he would definitely be a top top two or three candidates to walk away with the briefcase, uh, but I would think they'll probably hold it like they normally do, uh, at least until maybe the summertime, for him to cash it in. They'll kind of let him, you know, again, the, the idea with Money in the Bank is not, obviously, it's not the, the idea with Money in the Bank is basically to give the briefcase and then all this, that, that automatically just creates relevance. It's, you know, it's that, uh, I think Mark Madden wants to use the term, it's license to steal, basically. It gives you that relevance that everybody has to watch out for you, and it gets, gets the audience to, you know, be very on edge with you and, and, and realize who you are. I mean, most people at this point do realize who John Morrison is, but still following just the pattern, it would make, I think it makes the most sense. Let him win money in the bank, but let him, let him soak it in uh, for a few months. Uh, for nothing for nothing less than, obviously, it would not make sense for him, I don't think, to cash it in at WrestleMania. I don't think you want to have him get involved in what, what's going to go on with Cena, Miz, and Rock. Uh, even though you know he does have history uh, with the Miz, uh, and then even over on the SmackDown side of it, um, I think that would just be a little bit random and and ill-fitting. Um, so, Money in the Bank winner definitely, uh, and you know maybe 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 the title uh, sometime in the summertime. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, and uh, I wanted to clear something up. I hear you and uh, Josh argue about it every week. 
Uh, I think the whole brand is, uh, brand extension thing is complete bullshit. I seriously think they should have all the wrestlers on one show and get rid of the weak ones. Complete bullshit. I'm using it on the next CSR. I agree with you, man. <laughs> I just, all I right, Joey, thank you. Uh, so. Sorry about that. Oh, uh, you're going to say something else? Oh, yeah. I, I just don't know how uh, he can get so high-headed about it. Seriously, I think it's complete bullshit. And if they just had one title going after, I mean, uh, wrestling could be back, probably be back the way it was and let the people do their own promos. Yeah, it's always, okay. uh, you know, the problem, I mean, one title would obviously be great because that's what a lot, everyone, you know, a lot of us at a certain generation grew up with is having one one title and all the roster all, you know, all together rather than split up. You know, I, it, it is a, you know, it's, it's a problem because there's so many guys and, you know, there's not there's not a lot of wrestling coming out, out there on the mainstream uh so that's that's a problem, but I, you know I, I agree. I still stand by both what you're what you're saying and what I've always been saying that the, the brand extension just needs to really go away. And I'm and I'm happy to see that they at least are doing away with it kind of temporarily uh, as we lead to WrestleMania. You know, seeing a lot of crossover, you know, like the core and Del Rio and Raw uh, this past week, and you know Undertaker now over to Raw. I think it's it's the best way to do it. At least at least while building to the biggest show of the year, you got to let it all just mix up. Joe, we definitely thank you for your call. As always, uh, you're welcome here on, on uh, Pure Gold. And, uh, Justin, of course, thanks for uh, for taking that. That's actually one of the questions that we were going to ask you later on, but, uh, you know, let's just scrap the whole money in the bank thing since he covered it. Let me ask you this. Uh, were you surprised at all? And I, I remember watching you, I think it was two weeks ago because it was right before the t- Taker, actually, they showed his face in the 221.11 promo. Were you surprised that Sting didn't sign with the WWE? I mean, were you expecting him to, to come out? Because I know that I was hoping and expecting – and I was definitely disappointed when it was uh, Undertaker because it just kind of the whole aura, you know, went out of it. Well, like everybody else, I wanted to see him. I, I wanted to see it. Um, you know, when they first showed the first 221 promo uh, at the Raw in Providence, I was there in Providence uh, in the arena, and, and I'm watching it on the on the Titantron, and that was the first thing that popped in my head was Sting. Um, you know, and then I get on the internet and I see that everybody else, you know, a lot of people are thinking the same thing and this and that. And I really did have a lot of suspicion and belief that he did sign, uh, not just for the rumors and the speculation that began after the 221 promos, but because most most notably, obviously because he'd been <clears throat> absent from TNA and there was a lot of question of what his future is with TNA. But the most valid reason I had <clears throat> was when. When I when I'd interviewed Lex Luger on CSR <clears throat> a couple months back, yeah, I remember that. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, obviously Lex is you know a really close, longtime friend of Sting and business partner with him, uh, and then I, I know they still keep some good contact with him. And some of it was used on the interview. Some of it may have just been through our conversing, you know, off off the record and off air. Uh, but I know that he was very much in favor of and in support. And even sometimes I got the feeling like he was. You know, hint, hint at me uh, that Sting would, you know, that Sting deserved and needed to have one big run with the WWE, you know, through WrestleMania and, and do the marketing and do the DVD stuff and all the whole shebang. And uh, and the way it was coming from Lex and just hearing it, you know, and he's somebody who I, you know, especially when it comes to matters of Steve Borden, uh, I would take with a lot of, you know, I take it with a lot of, you know, it's, it's worth thinking about. Uh, it really got me wondering and thinking, and I and I. You know, I, I approached Lex a few times uh, since the 221 promos and, and spoke with him casually, and you know, we, and I didn't, you know, 
it was one of those deals, obviously, where if Sting did sign, you know, he, he wasn't gonna, you know, he wasn't gonna ruin the surprise or ruin the big, yeah, yeah. you know, ruin the big uh, bombshell by flat out telling me. But I was just trying to talk to him, and, and I and I, and I couldn't get a, I couldn't get a, I, I couldn't get a read on it. So it just, for the fact that he wasn't completely flat out denying anything, and 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 other people, other sources of, you know, those of us at wrestlers tried contact, and nobody was able to flat out deny it. Uh, it, you know, it left you there to wonder. So I wondered, and I and I voiced that wonder on CSR uh, until I found out what I, you know, found out that okay, it's going to be Taker and it's going to be Taker Triple H. So I went ahead and published that report. And from that point on, after that, and after they started showing the Taker, uh, you know, Taker's face on the the promos, and more and more, you know, dead ends were showing up on our our investigation of Sting. Yeah, you know, that's when I kind of just had to start to accept about two weeks ago. Okay, you know, it's. It's probably not him. He probably hasn't signed. You know, we were all just getting kind of caught up in the moment, and uh, you know, and that seems to be what it is. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely a good job by the WWE just to get some hype going, and that was obviously before the whole Rock situation. So it got some interest. It got things generated. You're thinking to yourself, okay, well, you know, maybe it's Sting. Maybe it's not. Is it Taker? Who is it? Um, and, I, you know, I agreed with your initial assessment on the whole thing where you were saying that it didn't make sense, the the crosses weren't there, the typical Undertaker um, signs weren't there. And when it was him, like I said, I was right. a little disappointed. And I think Lex obviously made a good point when he was on your show that, I mean, he really, in our opinion as fans, he should go through the WWE just to end it, you know, end his career and go out on a high note and do the DVDs and everything. But that's obviously not the case. But speaking of two uh, former WCW slash WWE legends, do you think Booker T and Kevin Nash will have any role at this year's WrestleMania? Obviously Booker's going to be announcing, but will either one of them wrestle? Uh, Booker will not wrestle, uh, Nash, I would say, at the moment, no, um, I, I know he will be in Atlanta, uh, and he, uh, yeah. he will be at the Hall of Fame, and he will be doing some other things in Atlanta, uh, I think it's definitely on the table for him to do something, uh, you know, match, but, uh, you know, as of now, I know he's not, um, but maybe, I mean, there's always, I mean, some people think the possibility of it's going to be the last match for Triple H, that maybe he gets involved with that in HBK in some yeah. form or fashion. Which is a possibility. Okay. Uh, I definitely, Booker definitely not wrestling. I'll answer your question here. Uh, Booker definitely not wrestling. Uh, Nash, I would say right now, maybe, you know, maybe, uh, maybe 35, 40% chance. Uh, definitely there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I know that it wouldn't be a technical gem, like let's say uh, Angle Benoit from back in the day, but I have to admit, as this is a fan, I'd love to see uh, Nash and uh, you know Big Show slam each other around the ring at Mania and you know, do something there, but you know, we'll see where that goes, but uh, you know, we have the whole uh, the whole thing, like you said, we don't know what's going to happen. I'd love to see Booker go again, huge fan of Booker T, but you know, I, I agree with you, he's probably not going to show up, I just figured I, uh, I had to get your take. If Nash... I know Nash is on a Legends contract right now. If Diesel yeah. was the fight, um, I actually don't think, I actually don't think it would be the big show. I think if, if Diesel was to have a match at Mania, um, just right now, I would say the top the top opponent would probably be Wade Barrett. That would okay. just be my uh, if if he was to uh, fight would be against Wade Barrett. Um, but again, uh, that's just my call. Okay. Now, Justin, uh, another uh, thing that developed after last night is that uh, it looks like Jerry Lawler will be fighting Michael Cole in a probably a entertainment segment at WrestleMania. Now, I know Jerry wanted his WrestleMania match in his moment, but I, I don't think having it against Michael Cole is makes much sense, and I don't know if it just discredits 
uh, Jerry Lawler as a wrestler. Uh, what do you think of that, all that mess? And do you think that the, it somehow ties into maybe the anonymous Raw general manager being revealed at WrestleMania? Uh, well, JB, I think, um, first off, it, it, it's a shame. You're right. It is a shame that Lawler's going to get his quote-unquote WrestleMania match, and it's going to be a gimmicky match against Michael Cole. Um, yeah. But at the same hand, they have to do something. they, they got to end the Cole thing. Uh, and, I, and I don't even have a big, you know, I mean, I, I didn't, I don't have this, like, this, this I mean, there's, there's people out there that I really think would stab Michael Cole if they got the chance, and they really despise him, <laughs> which is a great job by him and his character. Um but they and they have to end it. having your play, having your voice of your program in both your shows, Raw and SmackDown, having to try to play this heel role, and then he has to switch back into into you know straight down the middle play by play voice. It's a problem. They need to get rid of it, and but they have to give the crowd a payoff. They've had crowds had to deal with the heel Michael Cole for so long. Now they got to end it. They got to put closure to it. So I understand that they need to put him in a match or do something like this to um, to, to get to get the whole story complete. Uh, but it is a shame that that's. That that's going to be Jerry's WrestleMania moment. It really is. Uh, in terms of the Raw General Manager, again, would obviously make sense because that that Raw General Manager has had a lurking element to this whole thing. Uh, obviously, you know, it adds to Michael Cole's heat with the whole GM thing. Um, but I don't think it's going to have any involvement in it because I, you know, the GM's not going to be Michael Cole, and I don't think the GM's going to have any any tie or relationship to Jerry Lawler's. So I think. If they do reveal the GM, it won't have anything to do with that. And I'm kind of leaning towards a thing where I don't even know if, you know, everybody keeps wanting to know who the GM's going to be, who the GM's going to be, who the GM's going to be. I yeah. pose this question. It, really, at this point, because it's been so drawn out, um, unless the GM is Sting, <laughs> there's really no GM. You can, <laughs> there's nobody you can put in there that the GM – there's nobody you can put out there that the people will be happy with. So my thought is, why don't you just never reveal who the GM is? Have Vince McMahon say, look – I've had enough of this GM. I fired him, and here's your new, you know, who, here's the new person that's running Raw, and then whoever that one, who, and they can, you know, have it be whoever they want. Uh, but basically, basically, fire the GM without ever telling us, and it'll go down as one of those long-standing mysteries of who the GM was, and it'll never be answered. Because you have to think about it. You're not going to please anybody with whoever it is. Um, so it's kind of one of those things that, that if you want to get rid of it, that's how you get rid of it. Yeah, it's definitely a good point. Um the one thing that I sometimes wonder is where the WWE logic is now. I mean, since these two guys are basically going to wrestle at WrestleMania, how do these two guys coexist at the commentators' uh, table and, you know, basically broadcast Raw for the next couple of weeks up leading up to Raw? Or does Jerry Lawler take some time off? Because I don't see how Cole and Jerry Lawler could sit next to each other and, like, comment on Raw. You're exactly right, uh, and I think the only way you can do it is Jerry Lawler has to take the rest of the, the road to WrestleMania off. It has to be, you know, Michael Cole and Josh Matthews or or, or somebody else because yeah, it can't be those two. If they have a match, they can't be sitting next to each other. Um, it's been a problem in the past. They get real heated up with each other, and then they have to drop back into promoting the product and being buddy buddy for a minute, and and it's created a problem in the past. And now that you have the two building to a match, there's no way around it. Um, they have to they have to remove one of them off the desk and being that the being that the WB is much more picky with who the play by play person is, you're gonna keep Michael Cole on the desk and, and probably just have Josh Matthews or some some you know, some rotation of color commentator guys. That's the only way that can be done. And then when the two fight each other, when you know, if it is Cole versus Lawler at Mania, um I, I said this I said this about a month ago, uh, I, I think Jim Ross comes and calls play by play for that match. Right. I mean that that does make sense too. Um, what do you think about, I mean, 
is this just Cole getting big heat? But like, it seems like he's he has almost this like love affair with the Miz. I mean, can we explain that <laughs> one at all? Uh, I mean, it's 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 just it's just a modern day version of you know Bobby Heenan and Ric Flair. Or, you know, it's always been kind of traditional that the heel at the commentating desk has been uh, had an association with one of the top heels in the ring. The difference is it's always been the color guy because you know traditionally the color guy is the heel guy and the play-by-play is the face guy. You know, uh, so that's that's where it gets tricky here is that you have the play-by-play guy who's the, the heel commentator. Uh, but it's no different than you know Bobby Heenan and, and, and Ric Flair or. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of another one, but my mind's going blank. But you know what I mean. So um, I think in terms of the Miz, it's just pretty much you know maybe Alex Riley's in Cole's corner, or you know we see some goofy segments of uh, Riley and Miz helping train Cole for the match. You know, it'll be that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I don't really think there's much to explain. Uh, I, it, I mean, there is an issue again if you if you're trying if you're trying to if you're trying to end this story or something. If you're trying to get if you're trying to get Michael Cole back to just being a normal play-by-play guy and forget about all this damn you know, nonsense of booing him, you, you are going to have to eventually drop his... You are going to have to drop his relationship with The Miz at, at some point. I, and that, that's what's going to be really interesting to watch is how they do this whole thing is how they get Michael Cole back to being just a, you know, a, a, just a, normal, a normal voice uh, for the company rather than this, this big dastardly heel. Um, but, you know, him, him, him and The Miz, his relationship is not, is not unusual, I guess. Okay. And then my last question of the night, sir... Is um, we we uh, were shown last night that the next uh, member of the WWE Hall of Fame was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Now I understand that Vince is trying to build more of a pro wrestling Hall of Fame uh, instead of just a WWE Hall of Fame. But I uh, mentioned this a couple months ago on on our show that the minute that they inducted Coco Beware into the Hall of Fame, I lost all credibility for the Hall of Fame. Um, what are your thoughts on Coco Beware in the Hall of Fame and also Hacksaw Jim Duggan? You know, it's funny you mentioned the Coco Beware thing. Uh, just the other night, I was when I was out uh, doing PWO, uh, I was out, you know, enjoying that show. Uh, we were talking about it, and then actually uh, Raven came out and watched the Elimination Chamber with a couple of us uh, at a place in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, I got, and, you know, he and I are watching the, the Jerry Lawler Miz match, and he was talking about how fond you know of memories he has with the King and this and that. And we got to talking about the Hall of Fame and somewhere in the Hall of Fame thing, the Coco Beware thing <laughs> came up, and. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of the problem. You know, when, when the moment they inducted uh, that, the moment they inducted Coco Beware, that just created a lot of, a lot of, a lot of bad precedent because, you know, because then all of a sudden now you have to say, okay, Coco's in there before this person, and in there before that person, and and so, you know, in terms of the credentials to get into the WWE Hall of Fame, you know, yeah, there, it's not, there's not a very clear-cut, fair criteria. Um, you know, no disrespect to Coco. Uh, in terms of Hexall Jim Duggan, uh, you know, again, I guess now you know that it's always going to be now. Well, you know, well, you know, you can make the worst case for other people. Um, you know, Hexall, you, know, you know, I think, you know, maybe in the, you know, in, in his best time, and you know, in the late '80s and early '90s, he definitely had. He was very over, and he was a big deal. He was a top face. Um, you know, so maybe that's just that's enough to maybe maybe that's enough to to go in. I, I really I, I don't even have a, a good answer. I'm sorry. It's just because yeah, it is so <laughs> it is so wide open, um, and then it's unfair to a lot of people. You know, I mean, a lot of people have a problem. I know that the fact that Owen Hart hasn't gone in there, so you know, Coco Beware right. and Jim Duggan are in there before Owen Hart, and uh, right. you know, a list of other people. But you know, it's 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 Vince's world. We all just uh, we all just pay we all just pay to see it. Yeah, yeah, that, that, 
You know, it's a good point because uh, Joe and I, or JB and I, we hate the whole Coco Beware thing. And it's nice to know that the guests that we've had on the show who, you know, I would say know a bit about wrestling such as yourself or even uh, Pyro Falcon from Online Onslaught, um, you guys agree with us that the whole Coco Beware thing is a sham. I know the issue with, with Owen is the fact that his widow despises Vince McMahon, blames him for Owen's death, and he'll probably never get into the Hall of Fame. And he's, he's obviously deserving of it. But like you said, when you, when you even get into the whole who gets in and why don't they get in, I mean, Savage should have been in 10 years ago. You know, uh, DiBiase should have been in before he got in. It's just, you know, it, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, as, as we close out here uh, with Justin Labar, Justin, I have one final question for you, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get you on again before WrestleMania because we have another five weeks, so once the card is filled out. But what do you think – what else do you think is going to happen for WrestleMania? It's obviously the, the lower to the mid-card stuff, but you see anything else happening, any other matches being set up for WrestleMania? Oh, let's see. Uh, I think it kind of seems obvious in some way that we'll see Trish involved uh, with the women, uh, um, you know, I guess Kelly Kelly and her against Lee Cool would would be the obvious. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, it's tough because you got to get you got to figure eight guys are going to go to the money in the bank. I guess like we said, you know, John Morrison would be a would be a prime candidate for that. Uh, then you then of course you got the mysterious IC and U and US title uh, belts, you know, which many times don't even get defended at WrestleMania anymore, which is crazy. Um, I, I'm curious to see if because of Sheamus has nothing else to do, if if we saw it. I, I don't. I, I'm not sure. if... If they were, if that was the first initial setup of a Seamus Daniel Bryan thing, um, or if that was just, just they, they just had to fill. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what that was about. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, Cody, yeah. I guess Cody Rhodes, Rey Mysterio. There's something there uh, with the whole six one nine and Cody's face. Uh, you, know, you know, don't hurt his face. Um, uh, what else do we have? Just real quick. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the women. Um, yeah, the money in the bank is obviously the tough thing. Uh, you know, nothing else really. I mean, it's. It's kind of like I said. It's kind of wide open, just because you don't know what they're going to do with the mid card titles, and then that then then that will determine what who goes into the money in the bank. Uh, like I said, the women are probably a, a pretty safe bet uh, for a tag match. Um, and just to clarify, I don't think Awesome Kong is going to show up in me. I, I've pretty much kind of set in my mind that now having Triple H returned, Undertaker returned, Tristratus returned, The Rock returned, having Kong debut would just be buried in that whole mix. So the best thing they could probably do is have Kong show up the night after Mania, like so many guys yeah. or so many people right. have done in the past, show up the night after Mania. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the rest of the card, I don't know. It's kind of, it'll kind of be interesting. That'll be, you know, they got they got the top tier of the card pretty much set, which is what you need to do when you're five weeks out. Now I'd imagine the next two weeks we should figure out the rest of it uh, and just all fall in place. I would imagine they'd have money to then qualifying, I guess, maybe next week, start to have it at least. Yeah. I'll probably start getting into that. That's true. I mean, the way that Sheamus is going right now, he's probably going to end up in a dark match against Ted DiBiase before Mania because they seem to be burying him. But, uh, you know, again, maybe the whole Daniel yeah, Bryan thing ironic. will turn into something. How Sorry, ironic that? Uh, the, the segment after Sports returns, uh, he loses to Mark Henry in the next segment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's a shame. It's a shame because he doesn't seem to be going anywhere. But, Justin... We thank you for your time. Uh, you know, again, you're always welcome on Pure Gold. Your insight is always welcome. And, folks, you can check Justin out on WrestleZone.com, Chair Shot Reality, with Justin Eisenberg. Um, sorry, Josh Eisenberg. Forgive me. Justin Labar, Josh Eisenberg. Um, when's, your, uh, when's your show going to be on this week? I know you guys sometimes air on different days. You have your three parts. Yeah, it, it all kind of, a lot of it, a lot of it hinders down to, uh, 
with my travel schedule and everything else to when we when I get back in Pittsburgh and when we film in Pittsburgh and, and all the, all that nonsense. Uh, I would imagine part one, uh, kind of typical Friday, Saturday, Sunday, part one will be on Friday, and then two and three will follow. All right, cool. Justin, again, thank you very much. We appreciate your time. Not a problem, guys. I enjoyed it. You guys got a good show. Take care. Thank Thanks, you. sir. Take care. Folks, that was the one and only Justin Labar from WrestleZone.com. And I apologize for mixing up, but after saying Justin so many times, I had to, you know, I had to fudge uh, his partner's name. And it's Justin Labar, Josh Eisenberg, Chairshot Reality. You can check it out at WrestleZone. Again, another awesome site. Folks, this wonderful interview, this wonderful segment was brought to you by DRG Designs. You need a company logo? How about a flyer for your next big event? You have no idea? You have an idea, folks? We we can make it a reality. For your graphic design needs, call DRG Designs at 973-588-7572. Once again, that number, 973-588-7572. When you call, mention Pure Gold. Folks, it's 1045. It's later than usual, but it's time for a sports update and Todd's take. It is now brought to you by Freedom Cleaning. Have an office, an apartment, or even a church that needs to be cleaned? Well, call Freedom Cleaning at 973-668-2275, located in West Patterson, or now known as Woodland Park, New Jersey. We service Passaic, Bergen, Essex, and Morris Counties. Freedom Cleaning is an LLC. Let us do the dirty work is their motto. Call Benjamin Ortiz for a price or quote today at 973-668-2275 or email them at freedom to the number two clean at yahoo.com. And when you go to Freedom Cleaning, mention Pure Gold. DG? Folks, we have with us the one, the only, the incomparable, the Stella, Todd Johnstone, a.k.a. TJ, with a sports update and Todd's take. Todd, take it away. Good evening, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, tonight in NFL, uh, NFL, you like that one? I'm still joking. <laughs> NHL action tonight. We have the Avalanche over the Blues, 4-3. Oilers get run wild on by the Wild, 4-1. Devil Stars started the third period. Still no score, 0-0. Bruins, one nothing over the Flames at the break. Canadians, 2 nothing just as the first is coming to an end. The Sharks skate past the Wings, 4-3. Cleveland loses to uh, – Cleveland wins – uh, over Nashville, four to nothing. The dream is over in Long Island. The streak has come to an end. Toronto skates past the Isles, two to one. <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix, Phoenix beats the Broad Street Bullies, three to two. And my New York Rangers win another shootout, four to three. Mm. In the NHL, boo. <laughs> in, the, in the NBA. The uh, Timberwolves are losing to the Bucks, 94-88, or have lost, I should say. The Thunder run wild across the Clippers, 111-88. The Nuggets are leading the Grizzlies with seven minutes to play in the third. JB's Celtics prepare to do battle against the Warriors with a tip-off any moment now, as do the Hawks and the Lakers. The Wizards have no magic as they lose 113-96. to Raptors get sliced 101-114 by the Bobcats. Rockets, they rocket past the Pistons 108-100. Uh, 
Kings lose to the Heat. The Heat heat up the Kings, 117-97. And just in case you've been living under a rock, the melodrama has ended, and Carmelo and Lala have returned to NYC. (laughs) JB? (laughs) Thank you, sir. But as always, it's now 10.47, a little later than usual, but it is time for Todd's Take. Todd, take it away, sir. Now I've been stewing on this one for a few days. Uh, I was listening to the radio on Friday, and uh, I heard a radio commercial for ticket packages for the New York Mets. Being a New York Mets fan, I was somewhat interested. Oh, Lord. So, yeah. <laughs> So I, I go on to the website, and I start looking at uh, at packages, right? So I look for – after I went to a couple of games last year, I got pretty excited. I hadn't really been watching baseball for quite a long time, probably about a 15-year hiatus. So I go out to City Field with the family last year, see a couple of games, and I'm pretty excited. It's a nice stadium. Uh, the venues are great. The seats were good. The crowd was good. The games were terrible. It was a Met game. So – <laughs> I'm I'm on the website and I'm looking at these packages and I'm not sure what to do. They have a 17 game package, they have an 11 game package, they have a five game package. Now Queens is pretty far from uh, where I'm at here in Western New Jersey, so you know I'm thinking maybe a five game. You, you buy four games, you get a fifth game free. All right, what a great deal this is. You get to pick your games, et cetera, and so on. Without parking, without food, without gas, without tolls, we're talking 700 bones to go to, four, to go to five games. Even though they threw one in, I was like, whoa. All right, maybe we'll go see a Ranger game instead. So I go on to the Rangers website. And besides not being able to find four seats together for any of the remaining games, not just one particular, none of the games, I couldn't find four seats together in the garden. And I should know better. I've been a Ranger fan for a long time. Four seats in the nosebleeds, up in the blue heaven, $550. No parking, no food, no chance. It wasn't happening. So then I start thinking, well, maybe we'll go see the Knicks. It might be a little bit hard to get a a ticket with Mellow there now, but I haven't been to a basketball game in like 25 years. So I go on to the Knicks website. Yeah, it's been a long time. So I should have known better. I should have went to a Nets game. Uh, so I go on there, and to get tickets for a Knicks game, I'm looking at $400 again to sit up in the nosebleeds. And I'm thinking, this is just this is out of control. Today, I read in the local newspaper that my beloved New York Jets have got the audacity to raise ticket prices. They've got to be kidding me. They're raising tickets. across the board, or about 5 bucks per ticket. This is just absolutely unbelievable to me, uh, considering that they announced on Monday that all non-essential football personnel are going to be forced to a one-week-per-month furlough for as long as there is no CBA. They have got to be kidding me. I mean... How about a show of a little faith, Woody, that maybe there is going to be a CBA before you start making press releases? I mean, you're a millionaire. The Jets are a hobby for you. I'm financing in some part a lot of that highway, uh, that hobby. I buy jerseys. I buy sweatshirts. I buy sneakers, for God's sakes. I've even bought underwear. I mean, come on, Woody. I'm trying to help you out here. How about helping me out a little bit? All right. 
I want to know when is enough enough. Are we preparing to pay higher salaries to players, or is it just owners that we're getting ready to pay more to? I guess that just like the contents of my wallet, you can consider yourself taken. JD? Thank you, sir. DG? Well, folks, as always, that was the one and only Todd. And, folks, it's sad to say, but we're going to have to look into that. I don't know if you guys have already seen that show. Uh, I think it's called Intervention. We're going to have to look and see if we can get an intervention going for Todd because, obviously, he is on all kinds of drugs, talking about even thinking about going to a Mets game, buying season tickets. I mean, Joe, what is wrong with him? Then he's talking about Jets underwear? I don't know, JB. I just don't know. I think Todd's mind got taken away for a second, folks. But, unfortunately, we're all Mets fans here, so we all suffer. I doubt Joe's going to be going to any games this year, and uh, I think the only way I'll go is if Todd buys me a ticket, which is quite possible. Folks, Todd's take. Another classic segment here on PG. JB, as we uh, finish up our show for the evening, Todd touched on it. It has to be the biggest thing going on right now in New York. We have Carmelo Anthony coming to the New York Knicks. JB, what a coup for the Knicks. I heard uh, Peter Vesey from SI this morning with Boomer and Carn as I was getting ready for work. You know, I'm listening to the, the fan, which I, I tend to do when I'm getting ready or, or driving to work. And Peter Vesey was basically taking a big old dump all over the trade, and I can't understand, and I know that you're a Celtics fan, Joe, but I can't understand why anybody on the planet would think this is a bad trade. The The Knicks were 500 without Carmelo Anthony. They get one of the best scorers in the game, one of the best players in the game, throw him in there with Mr. Amari Stoudemire, and the Knicks have a top two, an awesome top two, and the only teams that have a, a combination like that really are playoff contenders, championship contenders. Now, the Knicks won't be there this year. They need a couple more pieces. But, JB, as a biased Celtics fan, give us your thoughts. I mean, do you think Peter's on something? Because I thought, I think it's an amazing move. What did the Knicks really give up? None of them are as good as Carmelo Anthony. And the fact is, like I said, they were 500 before they got him. They're only going to get better, Joe. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that – this team will only get better. I mean, like you said, the team's a 500 team. Maybe all their players that they had were playing above their heads. And when you play above your head, you can only play above your head for all, only so long, DG. So getting a superstar like Carmelo Anthony, obviously he wanted to be here. I mean, we heard all the speculation about going to New Jersey, going somewhere else. He wanted to be here in New York, and I think he's going to be happy here in New York. And let's not discount the fact that not only did they get Carmelo Anthony, DG, but they also got Chauncey Billups, which is a he's like you know a proven point guard. Uh, given yeah. he is 35, but you know given all of that, it's uh, they're going to be a good team. They've given up a lot of people, but I don't know if they've given up a lot of talent, and that's the big that's the big thing that people need to uh, really think about. So obviously next year uh, the the Knicks can now go after another point guard if they if Chauncey Billups decides not to stay with the Knicks. And, you know, everyone's talking about either getting either Darren Williams from Utah or maybe getting Chris Paul from the Hornets. So uh, yeah. the team is really good now, and it can only get better as an unbiased, uh, you know, Nick, um, you know, I'm not a Nick fan, but looking at it, you know, unbiasedly, I think that Knicks had to make a move like this, and they have two great superstars, yeah. even three if you count Chauncey Billups, DG. So, yeah. you know, I think the trade is a really good trade. 
I, I totally agree, and I don't understand what Nick fans are smoking. Maybe they're hanging out with Todd and buying, you know, spending a thousand dollars on a ticket. But the fact is, that the Knicks are a better team than they were yesterday. They're, they're, there's no way, head and shoulders, they're, they're a better team. There's no way around it. Let me ask you this, Joe. Um, going across town to the uh, New Jersey Nets, the Nets don't seem to be able to get anything right. They can't get anybody. They couldn't pay Carmelo to come here. Obviously, uh, Carmelo's a lifelong Knicks fan. Grew up, uh, you know, Syracuse. Bernard King was his favorite player with the Knicks. So he wanted to be here. That's obvious. But apparently nobody wants to go to New Jersey. They got Mikhail Prokhorov. He's got zillions of dollars, but he can't seem to seal the deal, as it were. Um, are the Nets going to – are they doomed for failure? Is anybody ever going to come to New Jersey in terms of talent? Because after this latest debacle, I mean, what's the point, Joe? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying as a New Jersey fan, but just – Let's not also forget that this team is moving in a couple of years, if not next year. I forget now. But they're moving to Brooklyn, so I don't see why uh, people wouldn't want to come to this team unless they you know, don't want to stay. Usually the reason why people go to different teams like Orlando, Miami, and Los Angeles is because you know, we're talking about great weather. Who wants to come to New Jersey and you know, drive in this traffic in Newark for this, the, the rest of this year or even next year? I mean, I think that the teams are going to get better, but it probably won't get better until they move into Brooklyn, DG. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. That's a good point. I just think that the Nets are so bad that I don't see why anybody would want to come to them, even when they do go to Brooklyn, because they couldn't get LeBron. You know, he he couldn't handle the pressure of uh, – the tri-state area, but they did get Stoudemire, which opened the way for Anthony, you know, with the Knicks. The Nets haven't done anything, so I just, I feel bad for their fans because just, you know, seven, eight years ago, they were in the NBA Finals and spanked, but they made it two years in a row with the Jason Kidd era, and now they're just, you know, terrible franchise with little talent. I read that they're trying to get rid of Devin Harris because he's, with all the trade talks, he's just not living up to the uh, the hype, as it were, and not pulling his own, his own weight, but uh, JB, any more thoughts on, uh, on the NBA before we close out, and I, uh, I dropped my nugget on you? Yeah, well, the second half just began tonight, DG, because, you know, the All-Star game was um, this past weekend in Los Angeles, and, you know, you had the Craig Sager crazy interviews with, you know, Justin Bieber, and you had uh, different things happening. And to be honest with you, any All-Star game, except for maybe the Major League Baseball All-Star game, um, is just a, a showcase just for the stars to just show up. And, you know, it's not a real game. Uh, all the guys take it easy, a lot of slam dunks. So, you know, the second half will answer hopefully a lot of questions heading into the playoffs. You know, you have Miami and Boston basically virtual uh, virtual tie in the East, and you got the Lakers losing three in a row right before the All-Star break. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how things shake out. Hopefully my Celtics take the one seed and are able to clinch home field throughout the playoffs. Um, but we'll see how that goes. we still got a couple months this is what we call the grind the next two months just to get to April before the playoffs start. So, DG, it would be interesting to see how the uh, NBA playoffs, um, well, the the rest of the NBA season, and then how the NBA playoffs start. That's a good point, sir. And as always, your uh, your input is much appreciated. And, you know, you, you just bring it, as it were. I have one nugget before we close out, and it's, it's a little passe now, but I just have to mention it, and it's a little bit, uh, I guess you could call it controversial, for what we normally talk about on Pure Gold, but you mentioned Justin Bieber, and I was reading in the Daily News the other day about how Mr. Bieber was ripped on The View, you know, the show with uh, Barbara Walters and Whoopi Goldberg and uh, yeah. Joy Behar and uh, Elizabeth yep. Hasselbeck and, you know, whomever else is on that show. 
Um, anyway, he was ripped for an interview that he did in Rolling Stone magazine. You know, Justin Bieber, according to all that I've read and according to what you know he said, his mother and stuff, he's a Christian. He has Christian values that he was raised with. Uh, so he was against premarital sex and abortion. He said, and I quote, I really don't believe in abortion. It's like killing a baby. Um, now, you know, he was also asked about rape, and he said that, you know, things happen for a reason, and he's never been in that position, so he couldn't judge why somebody would have an abortion. Um, but Barbara Walters and Joy Behar ripped him. You know, they said, they, for what he said, and basically they said that he has no business discussing these types of things, and, you know, they were concerned about the influence that his comments might have on young girls. Now, I don't like Justin Bieber. I don't like his music. I don't, you know, whatever. He's not my age bracket. I'm, you know, 10 years or so older than him, possibly more. But he obviously wasn't saying that a woman getting raped and then ending up with a child then having an abortion, that that was part of God's plan or they got approves of it. You know, it, it's, it's just a slant that the liberal media tends to take to bash Christians and to bash their values. And obviously as a minister, as a youth minister, you would expect me to defend this. But I just felt like somebody had to say something. And if it's me, then, you know, I'll use the platform that I have. Elizabeth Hasselbeck, of course, defended him. Um, the, the main reason that I bring this up is because I deal with a lot of teens. And for women like Barbara Walters, you know, whoever else, to say that he doesn't have any business discussing this, he was asked the question, so he just answered it. And the fact of the matter is that, you know, I was looking up statistics, almost, you know, I think it's three-quarter of a million teenagers get pregnant every single year. So who better than a teenage pop superstar to at least have an opinion if he's asked something? He's a teen. Half of the people he know probably are pregnant, have gotten pregnant. I'm sure he knows somebody. So we can't discount kids. We can't discount teenagers and what they think and how they feel and what their opinions are. And you know what? It's a, it's an absolute joke that he's getting slammed for this in the media by two women who, you know, need to go somewhere and go do something else because, you know, again, I just felt the need to, to bring this up, and it's obviously much heavier than what we normally talk about here on Pure Gold, but I make no apologies for it. You know, Justin said what he felt. He said what he believes, and this, as far as I'm concerned, this is still America. We still have the right freedom of speech and all that jazz. So, Justin, keep up the good work, sir. But anyway... As we close with this show, again, it's just something that I had to get off my chest and something that really bothered me. Um, you know, today was a great show. Joe, I'm sure you would agree. We we would like to thank, of course, uh, Justin Labar from WrestleZone for an awesome interview. Uh, we'd like to thank our caller, Joe from Illinois. There was a few other callers, but, you know, Joe was on the line, so we, we had to get him out there. Um, I'd also like to thank, of course, Todd for our sports update Thanks to Fitz, our producer, and as always, our lovely board op, Kelly, for the wonderful job that she does. Remember to tune in next Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, folks. Um, and just one more note before we close. Next Tuesday, we'll have the one and only Forgiven OC with us live and in studio. He'll be joining us for a special interview to talk about his rap career. Uh, Forgiven is a, is a Christian rapper, and he's going to talk about what God has done in his life. And he has an awesome testimony um, that I know personally. He's a good you know, friend of mine. Uh, how he was sentenced to 60 years in prison and what happened and how you know a miracle happened in his life. And he's going to share that with you. So, folks, as always, for JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. Good night, everyone.